Hey everyone, welcome to Bushwhacking, where we bushwhack. I'm Jack. I'm Fish. And I'm Caleb. Nice. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to our first guest episode. We're extremely excited. Yeah, we, we our first guest bushwhacker, I suppose, is, is my brother, Caleb. Lifelong subscriber to Bushwhacking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Best podcast I listen to. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, it makes my heart so warm. <laughs> I love hearing that. Tell, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, Caleb. Well, uh, I'm your brother. Yeah. That's probably the first thing to uh, to say, older brother. How's that been for you? Much older. <laughs> much older and much wiser. Only wish I get to see you more. I yeah. So you're, you're in Utah and I'm in North Carolina. We That's don't right. see each other much. I've not, I've not seen you, uh, for a while, but you're out there doing some cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a, uh, producer and engineer of music. That's my day job. And I'm also an educator of, uh, producers and engineers. So I do both <laughs> things. I, That's uh, so cool. Yeah. I run an online program for educating musicians, producers, engineers, and I've been running a studio in Utah for a number of years now. That's what I do full time. Very cool. Yeah, uh, and your your music expertise is what uh, we uh, wanted to bring into this bushwhack. Mm. Uh, the The topic that we have today is: What if we couldn't sing? What if humans couldn't sing? Uh, how would that affect things? And this is this is going to be an amazing episode. I've at first. I was thinking, okay, this is probably going to be our first 20-minute episode. <laughs> but then as I was thinking about it and talking out loud of what possible questions and responses would come up, I was like, wait a minute. This this is going to have some pretty interesting impacts. So, all right. Well, and I think, I think uh, this podcast should sting a little bit. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, <clears throat> the only thing I know of bushwhacking was one time – bushwhacking hiking down from mount tipanogas with our dad and uh, i don't know why we were off the trail because there's a very clear trail but uh we were bushwhacking and it was just pure stinging nettle the whole way <laughs> uh, so my only so experience with bushwhacking is that it should sting a little bit so whatever we talk about today should effectively sting a little bit and i guess a world without uh vocals in it would sting a little bit oh i agree in fact one of the realizations i had that i'll share later it stings. It stings. I, I, one uh, scenario that I was thinking of, like worst case scenario, is if we get rid of singing, the whole world just collapses and our whole civilization is gone. But we'll wow. get into that. That that really escalated. <laughs> I know. Just right to the, just right to the uh, jugular of the, of the meltdown there. Thank you for joining us on the bushwhack. The world ends. <laughs> well, I was thinking last night, singing to my daughter, I was like, oh, there would be so many more crying babies, for one. <laughs> just just for starters. Just for starters, way more crying babies. And if you think about it, uh, nothing would ever be finished. What do you mean? Well, there'd be no fat lady to, <laughs> to sing. <laughs> And so nothing would ever get done. Nothing no, would ever be finished. I mean, no, fa no fat lady would ever sing, and therefore nothing. This would ever show get never done. ends. <laughs> Think about a world in which nothing ever is done. <laughs> we we wouldn't even have a song to sing about that because there'd be no never-ending story song to sing along. You know, wow. that never would be. End. Oh, wait, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing with your lips and your voice? Anyway, all right. So Caleb. Um, we have a tradition. Oh, where, yes, of course. We can't get into it until. Uh, so we have a drink that we, we like to drink during the podcast. It, it goes back to our uh, hot tubbing days. Uh, you're welcome to, you know, take a, a break and go grab a drink if you wish. I have diet root beer. Nice. All right. That's perfect. Well, then, in that case, let's get straight into the bushwhack. <laughs> Today, Jamie has a Harris Teeter Zero Cola, and I have, not a sponsor, a Ghost Blueberry, Blue Raspberry, excuse me, Sour Patch Kids drink. 
If you want to sponsor that's, us, that's, that's okay. That's the worst thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> it sounds just at the same time revolting and enticing. It no, tastes, it tastes. It's, it's the most sweet thing I could ever imagine. It tastes like the bottom of a sleeping pillowcase of a pillowcase at the like November fifth after all the candy has been eaten and all that's left are the scraps at the bottom. Oof. So sweet. <laughs> I got diabetes just watching it. Thankfully it's only five calories. <laughs> all right, pointer dog, send us in the right direction. Yeah, so just to just point blank, um we're we're in a world where everyone gets you know laryngitis or just this weird disease, uh, where suddenly we our vocal cords just can't produce tones that would be needed to make music, so we we can't sing anymore, and this is a, a, a universal pandemic. Everyone gets this disease. No more singing. What happens? So like today, yeah. Just in today's society. Um, how how would that affect things? Immediately, uh, like uh, people in Caleb's line of work may be hurting. Yeah, we'd have how a lot of instru- we'd have a lot of instrumentals to listen to. Yeah, uh, how how do you think what what sort of ratio of singing things to instrumental things do you do? Yeah, I I mostly do stuff with vocals in it. Um, though we do we definitely do have some like instrumental beat type stuff that we do from time to time also we do film scoring stuff and uh advertisement stuff so a lot of times that doesn't have vocals in it but it would ch- it would take out a, a pretty big chunk wow see here's it's interesting because when you bring up this idea of like no more singing and i want to dive later into okay what would that look like if we started out as this and not just like all of a sudden right you know what i mean that's the next iteration but me and my me and my wife and some of her family members we just got back from a trip uh to new york city and we saw wicked on broadway <laughs> goodbye broadway <laughs> just be yeah broadway's gone there'd just be like these random sections where they just sit around and the orchestra is playing but like no singing could you imagine like how would that even work musicals would just be no more and you think about like if we'll, if we started off in society without singing, like we'd figure out something, we probably wouldn't even know what we're missing. Maybe. I was but, just thinking that. I, I was thinking how if, uh, if we had never had singing, that would be better because we wouldn't know what we're missing, you know? Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, as the, they say in the Matrix, right? So, uh, but if we lost it suddenly, I think that would be much more detrimental. In fact, I think I, I would, I would, uh, go as far as to say i think it would have a major psychological effect upon like everybody oh i think so absolutely. something that important to society i think music and singing is very important uh, i guess we'd still have music but i think we would definitely see some mental repercussions from that it's interesting because when you talk about like you think about movie scores you know oh we'd still have like star wars it's like uh-uh and i'll tell you why you remember the phantom menace the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that choral, uh, that choir song when Darth Maul comes to the scene. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. What kind of impact would that have? Or like you think of Halo. Oh. Yeah, the Gregorian chant that would be gone. And so, yeah, the majority of movie scores and like instrumentals would still be there. But as far as like recreating them, like today, they'd be gone. Mormon Tabernacle Choir, or excuse me, the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, gone. Yeah, just there's no use. Yeah, I was just, uh, I was just write, writing uh, something about this for my students the other day, and I was, and we we were talking about uh, space re, uh, reverb, so the sense of space we have in places, and I was talking about. Uh, the Coke chamber that exists in uh, Minnesota, which is the quietest place on earth. And it's completely dead silent and it's treated inside. And so not only is there no sound coming from outside, but there's no sound reflected inside at all. And the longest anyone's been able to stay in that chamber is about 45 minutes. 
because it just gets super weird to your senses. It's very strange. Uh, you can hear your eyelids blinking. You can hear the sound of your skull and your scalp rubbing together when you move your eyebrows. You can hear <laughs> your blood pumping in your veins. And, and so you start having uh, auditory and visual, visual hallucinations. You start having people that will pass out or have panic attacks. They'll faint. The, you know, it's, it's, it's super weird. And, and uh, what, what that uh, says is that we live in a world full of sonic spaces. So everywhere we go typically has sound reflections. And so it's very interactive. And it shows a lot about how much music just exists naturally in this world. We have, we have space, we have rhythm, we have um, uh, melodies and different things that exist around us all the time. And I think we're very connected to all these parts of, of the world, whether we realize it or not. And I think musicians are just taking uh, the par parts of the world. They're taking parts of this existence we live in, and they're organizing them together like poets of the qualia of existence. And they're putting it all together into these little moments that help us reflect on what it's like to be alive, to exist. And so then you have to think of what is our connection then to the human voice, right? What, what would that cut out if that was completely gone? If we're so connected in so many of these other ways, I'm certain that part of that is our connection to our human voice. When we hear someone sing, what is it telling us about existence? What is it telling us about ourselves? How do we relate and identify to it? And I think it would we would be missing out on a pretty huge part, not just of music, but of our relationship to our own self. That's a very interesting question. What, um, what relationship do we have with our voices? Not just with music in general, but specifically with our voices. Yeah, and you think about just that implication on what we're doing right now. Oh, and Caleb, what you said about a bushwhack stinging, that stung. Everything you just said is right there. It's just like a little nettle. <laughs> visual or audio hallucinations. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Visual ones, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it's goodness. interesting to read stories about that. Well, and it's... Uh, just in our brains, I was doing some research. Uh, the The parts of our brain that are activated when we sing are so so interwoven and connected with several parts of the brain. Parts of the brain, of course, that deal with emotion, um, but also language and uh, movement. Well, I don't know like the specifics, but I also know that singing uses a different part of the brain than speech. I know some people that stutter. When they stutter, or when they're trying to speak, they stutter. But when they, they sing, some of them can sing as clear as a songbird. No no hesitation, no like no flaws. It's incredible to see. And so just that kind of power that comes from that mentally is very... It gives you something to think about of like, that's very powerful to realize that somebody that has a hard time speaking may have no trouble at all singing. And thinking about that implication on the mind is, ugh, it's crazy. Yeah, I was um, just reading about that yesterday, um, how at first the sounds come into our ear and it translates into tones and then from there it se separates into uh, like spoken word and singing. Mm -hmm. um, but initially in our brain development, uh, there is no separation. Uh, so infants, so, uh, some people think that infants can't tell the difference between singing and spoken word, hmm. which sort of blew my mind a little bit. Um, like you were talking about, singing to your daughter do they just think that we're always singing <laughs> and and if suddenly we weren't singing to them how, like how would that affect their understanding of what language is versus what music is <laughs> uh, so even when we grow into adults there is still a, a solid connection between language and 
uh, music and singing. Mm -hmm. So like with the therapy things, they, they'll use singing as therapy to help language mm -hmm. be retrained or whatever. Mm -hmm. And obviously you can do that if singing was gone. Um, but it makes me wonder, uh, to Caleb's point, like what, what other parts of, uh, psychology would we lose if we, we couldn't sing anymore? Or maybe not just lose, but also what would be altered, you know? Right. So, so I guess, Caleb, um, what, on a personal level, what, what would you do if you couldn't sing anymore? How would that affect your psychology? Well, I think it brings up an interesting point because, um, you know, I used to sing a lot. And over the years, I, for whatever reason, sang less and less. Um, you know, I don't sing publicly anymore. I just don't, I don't, uh, have a, some intimidation with that. I don't, it, it, uh, you know, it's stressful. Um, and I just noticed that I sing in general less and less record. So not only, uh, is what we're talking about, you know, some sort of, hypothetical but we 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 actually do this a lot of people uh, don't sing a lot of people choose not to or or did and don't uh or hide it under a, a bushel as it were a talent or you know sometimes yeah. we choose not to sing or we're intimidated to sing in front of people <clears throat> so this is a real thing i mean it, it happens already and what what uh what relationship what does that mean about their relationship to their own voice and what they're doing? I think it's interesting. I love how, and when you're talking about voice, Caleb, I, I'm hearing it more. It's just, more. It's just the ability to make words, but it's also how you communicate and how singing would have such a giant impact on how you communicate as a human. And, um, at least is that kind of, what I'm get, getting from that when you say like voice it's more than just speaking words, but it's expressing yourself. Well, and I mean, very literally that people choose not to sing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the time. A lot of, yeah. A lot of people get told early on, like you have a bad voice. Your, your, your singing voice is awful. Don't sing. Um, maybe not as bluntly as that. Oh no, they'll say it bluntly, <laughs> but I think that's interesting because just you saying that and after just the brief conversation we've had already, how that makes me feel terrible for even thinking about that. Now there's like, you know, there are some people that it's not exactly pleasant to hear their voice because they're tone deaf or whatever, but maybe we got to be a little more careful because at what point does that motivate a person to be quiet? Yeah. So it's like three types of, of, of singing relationships, maybe probably more, but we, there's people who have good voices who sing all the time. And then you have uh, people with good voices who, for whatever reason, don't sing and kind of keep it hidden. And then there's people with a bad voice who, well, there's probably four because there's people with a bad voice that sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there's people with a bad voice who don't sing. Right. So I, I mean, these people are going to have a different relationship with their, their voice and whatever psychological effects singing gives us, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to change something for each of these types of people. Uh, yeah. So thinking about what you said about singing less and less, I think I've done the same. As a teenager, I was always singing. And for whatever reason, I've, uh, I sing less now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think about my teenage years and those were some of the most creative years of my life. It makes me wonder if through exercising my, my creative muscles through singing, I was also able to, um, you know, g harness that uh, same creative muscles to write poetry or write prose or, mm -hmm. Um, do do any a number of creative pursuits. I think that's interesting of how, you know, we get straight into how singing could affect other areas of our lives and not just, not just affect it to where we feel better, but like drive it forward 
one thing I was thinking of was how if we were not able to sing at all or if we weren't able to sing anymore, how would that affect how we express love and attraction toward people? Because love songs are such a huge thing. Like, and I think about one memory I had where I asked a girl to prom through a song that I wrote and that I sang and performed right in front of her. And if you were to take that memory away, it would probably alter a lot of my life. Not that, because I never married the girl that I went to prom with, but that was a big deal for me. I remember that. And it wasn't just because going up to a girl and saying, hey, will you go to prom with me would be boring. But the effort and the planning that went to it actually kind of formed a lot. And there are a lot of other times where I've thought about singing. And so, like, I, I feel like just as singing for you, as you said, would affect how you would have been a better creator, like how it would have affected your creative juices, it would also, I feel like, affect how we can express emotion. And so I've been saving this, but I want, I think I just want to ask it because we're kind of going about it. I want to ask both of you, Caleb and Fish. Let's start with Caleb, because we talked about how this would affect the world. But Caleb, how would it affect your life personally if you would not be able to sing at all? Or if you weren't able, let's say like we lived in a world where this never happened. Singing was never a thing. And if we were to compare it to our lives that we have now, how would that have changed your life if singing never existed? Well, if it never existed, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't know what I am missing. So it would be, it would be different, right? As opposed to the question of what if I lost it now, which for me, I would, I think I would actually rather lose it for myself than not be able to listen to other people sing mm-hmm. the rest of my life. I, I think the tragedy of me losing my voice since I don't sing that much anyway anymore. It would suck, and I think there would be like some psychological effects to that. My maybe my relationship to the world or nature or the human psyche or others might be diminished. But I would rather lose it for myself than lose the ability to have other people sing or to hear other people sing. Yeah, so you would much rather lose your singing than lose your hearing. Yeah. Um. That that's interesting. So, um, do you, back back in the days when you were singing a lot, um, what uh, would it mean to you if that was taken away? Back back in those days, yeah, it would have been more meaningful then. I think uh, singing at that time was a a part of self expression, mm-hmm. right? So, I had feelings and stories and. Uh, ideas that I wanted to express and you know that was my way of expressing it and I think when I was very big on needing to express those ideas I think the uh, losing the ability to do so would have been pretty hard yeah but now I just want to hear other people's ideas right so now I say yeah it's worse to to lose it the ability to hear other people yeah interesting yeah I was I was thinking about um for me I, the, the ability to sing is sort of the, I think, human's first creative action. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, my son. I, I can hear him, la, la, la. It's, you know, just singing in his crib. Yeah, he's babbling and. And then it, it's not anything intelligible. It's not a melody yet. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he is, trying to uh, use his creative muscles to to form something to to do something with it mm-hmm. and that's the first thing that you do as a, a child is singing you can't write poetry you can't paint <laughs> not well <laughs> but like you he, can sing but you can sing um, and so if if you um, took that away just from the beginning it makes me wonder if if um, we would be a lot more robotic and less creative as humans. Yeah, and I think how uh, Caleb put it of we wouldn't know what we're missing. 
we probably wouldn't realize. Right. But we wouldn't realize it, but I think as a society, we would, you know, be all robotic just going about our day crunching numbers. It's all the left-hand side of the brain, right? Hmm. It it's um because uh we didn't have that first leap into creativity. Interesting. Maybe so, that's a, a little bit um, uh, slippery slope or exaggerating the effect. We're all about slippery slopes here. <laughs> it makes for good radio. Yeah. So, Fish, then, I want to ask you, how would your life be different if you couldn't sing? Or if singing didn't exist? Because they are different. Right. And that's what I was getting to. Um in, in in my stage of life right now, I'm very left-hand side of the brain. I'm very analytical. You know, I'm a scientist. Right. Um, That's why we got bushwagons, so that we can even it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I crunch the numbers. I write the papers or whatever. Um, and I think as a teenager, I was a lot less that way. I, I was much more creative um, and free, um, you know, free free-spirited. Um, and so if it was taken away from me, I, I think I may slip even further into the the absent-minded professor stereotype. Huh. Um, and I, I think you can't be that way completely without uh, having some form of depression. Um, yeah, if it was if it was taken away and you knew it for sure. And honestly, it's they're not separate processes right i have to be creative when i'm ex- uh designing an experiment for example um and i have to be creative when i'm synthesizing all these different ideas to try to uh come up with a new model mm-hmm. uh, to describe some scientific phenomenon uh and i think in in some sense that ability would be hindered as well and that um brings me to my my very first sneak peek I um, when I talked about how it may uh, bring about the, the fall of civilization as we know it. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, if we all lost the ability to sing, I think gradually we become less and less creative as humans. Uh, and we just become more and more robotic and less adaptable to change. Mm-hmm. And so when change inevitably comes, uh, we don't know how to uh, approach it. And we uh, fall prey to that change, whatever it may be, climate change, um, some natural disaster. Mm-hmm. And on small scales in our personal lives, when change comes about, we, we will be less adaptable and we'll fall prey to those uh, micro uh, disasters per se interesting hmm. and I, I i just think it would uh eventually it, it's not a, a sudden thing of course but it, eventually over you know a, a hundred or two hundred years i i think our civilization would uh be uh, rubble you know ruin of what it used to be just because we can't sing anymore yeah just because we can't sing Dang. and that's that's dramatic of course uh, <laughs> it really got out of hand. <laughs> well, I think I think if we're taking aw- taken away from us, we got cantilaryngitis, a term I just coined, because why not? Yeah, um, it would be pretty pretty drastic because we would have to learn how to do things. But okay, not to steal the spotlight a little bit, but I was thinking about this a lot of like what, how would it affect me? Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, well, have you ever seen how, uh, no, no, what's it called? I Married a Max Mur- an Axe Murderer? Yes. That scene where uh, Michael My- Mike Myers is, he's a, what what is that called? There's a specific term. Slam poet? A slam poet where you like. Whoa, man. Yeah, where you're doing poetry to music. That's what I feel like what would be the replacement. I don't want to listen to that. I haven't, I haven't gone into it, so I don't know what good Slam poetry is, but yeah. anyway, she killed my cat, <laughs> Harriet, sweet Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about it on a personal level, and here's an example that I thought of: if music was taken away in a 
cantilaryngitis way, I would have nothing to look forward to for my favorite band, which has gone me through a lot of tough times, especially recently. So Lord Huron, my favorite band, no more albums would come out. Uh, that would be devastating because yeah, it's a- how, much, how much do we we get from from listening to to messages sung? Exactly. Know? Think about think about your favorite band right now that use lyrics and sing them, not just speak them, and they're gone. And now think about that if it was gone from your life. And it's like you said, Caleb. It's hard because it's like, well, we wouldn't know what we're missing. But here's something that I think about if I were to compare. Do you know the musical Man of La Mancha? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know the song uh, uh, To Dream the Impossible Dream? Yep. So that song, I would, I, when I first heard it, I was so motivated. And, you know, when you're a teenager, everything is dramatic, but at the same time, it's very real. You're starting to feel a lot of real things that are new. And as an adult, sometimes we take those, even those negative emotions for granted. And that was teenage years were like a time where I really faced a crisis of motivation. And when I first heard that song, it was so beautiful. And I was like, oh my gosh, to dream the impossible dream. And I think about how that song motivated me to push through some tougher times. And I think about would I be able to push through those scenarios in life, which I don't feel like would have been affected by music. I feel like if song were taken out, I probably would live a similar life. But I don't know where I would find my motivation. And sometimes I, I'm not a very good songwriter. I've tried a bit, but I've never on a producing thing. Like, just singing it to a girl. One girl, not even a whole crowd was enough for me to be like, all right, I'm done. But there are tons of people that were making these songs that connected with me. And if that were taken from my life, that would be very traumatic, I would even argue. Because then all of a sudden... Even though it wasn't my voice being spoken, someone else had the message that was connected with me. And that deeply connects, at least for me personally, to my motivation in life. Because it, it helps me express in words like how I'm feeling, whether it's positive or negative. Because when you're hearing a song, like an instrumental song, it's very subjective. It's fine because you can imagine whatever that is. People get images and people can come to different conclusions from hearing just an instrumental song. But the moment you add lyrics, and beautifully done, too, it can tap in to things that can be a little more powerful than just hearing a song from Mozart. And if that were taken from my life, I know I'd be probably messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I, if uh, if we lost singing this, what did you call it? Something laryngitis? Cantilaryngitis. Like laryngitis. Contar, like Spanish, like cantilaryngitis. I don't know. Cantilaryngitis. <laughs> you know, sell stock in music, buy stock in poetry and books and uh, public speaking, because those would have to boom. But it, but it begs the question, right? What is the difference between uh, someone just speaking an idea and someone singing it? What's the difference between someone reciting poetry? Yeah, people like that a lot. But mm-hmm. what's the difference? Why don't we all just... Uh, recite poetry instead of saying what, what is it about singing that's different seems to be uh, that uh, vocal performance is much more jam-packed with emotion emotional expression than just speaking alone for sure you know what I mean so it's it's uh it's adding a deep emotion to whatever ideas are being talked about yeah the, there's this glass animal song that I just love. Um, it's Agnes by Glass Animals. And it, oh yeah, I remember you showed me that song. And it, it's just a beautiful song because the, the I mean the lyrics are, you know, it's it's if it was just a poem, it would be a nice poem, and it would be sort of a sad poem because the lyrics are sort of sad. He's talking about uh, a, a long lost love. Um, and he's not sure why she's gone, mm-hmm. you know, but he, they did a, just a masterful job of weaving in this, this, uh, cheery, almost, uh, a joyful song to it, melody to it. 
and it, it interwoven it's just it's so uh it makes me feel lonely and sad and hopeful all at the same time and it is just it blows my mind and i i don't feel like you could get that just from a poem and i would imagine that you get that mix of emotions not just from the music but from the voice right yeah and and the the way that he vocalizes these words it, it it's um almost agonized the way he vocalizes them sometimes it's, right. I, I i can't remember the lyrics right now but it he you can feel his sadness through the his vocalizations even though the song itself the melody is cheerful and happy right and we would lose a lot i feel like as a society, the first thing that comes to mind is you think about the turmoil in the United States during the 1960s through like early 1980s with Vietnam. And, and there's so many songs, so many that deal with the political turmoil and the emotions going on. Um, there is that, um, I can't remember the exact name, but I know that there was a shooting at a college and then there's a song something's happening here what it is ain't exactly clear there's a man with a gun over there telling me i got you know i got to be wet and then there's so much meaning coming through those songs that they're not just random lyrics that sound good together but it's people not just expressing an emotion but telling a story so all of a sudden the idea expressing emotion expressing love and telling a story is gone there's no avenue to do that and i feel like especially you can there's tons of songs during that time where that was like a voice of a generation right and you think about if that were never there that'd be detrimental but if you think about now we can't do that anymore because of contra laryngitis yeah how are we going to sing our stories yeah and we we're talking about how singing and music uh can express things that we can't express through written word or spoken word alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to ask Caleb um, a little bit about uh, his songwriting experience because he's written, you know, a lot of great songs that I love. Um, but th- something that we haven't even touched on is how singing is a vehicle to uh, spread the message like, like it's, this, it's uh, the ideas it's all like i was talking about before when i had ideas to share mm-hmm. right uh our my dad's uh biggest uh qualm with the beatles <laughs> he, he he loves the beatles but he he feels like they lost a great opportunity because they had the attention of the world uh, everyone was listening to them and then they choose to talk about drugs and sing about drugs <laughs> where they, they could have solved a lot of social issues. Dang. Maybe drugs were the way to solve the social issues. Maybe maybe that's what they felt. Um, I'm sure that that's what they felt, you know. The, uh, <laughs> Everyone the, is... Especially psychedelics. They got into psychedelics and were promoting ego loss, you know. Like, hey, uh, politicians that are, you know, bombing everybody, why don't you do some psychedelics and learn about nature and love and, you know. Right. Not so sure they're wrong, love. probably. Yeah, I feel like I feel like with that there's a ton of war going on and so anything would have been a better alternative for sure. I mean, I would probably be on that train as well. I mean, it's up for debate. Um but, you know, with it's up ex- for a good bushwhack. What's that? It's up for a good bushwhack for sure. <laughs> Beatles bushwhack. No, it um, was a huge expression, Jamie, of uh or fish. Uh, it's a huge expression. And again, I think there's a, a different emotion attached to it, but it, I think art does this in a lot of different forms. You would have to just lean into other art forms if, if singing didn't exist, you know, uh, photography or sculpting or painting or expressing ideas, but there's something very unique, very human and visceral and organic about singing that is so tied to the human experience. And I think probably, um, singing I'd like, I think singing may be, may have been one of our first things we ever did as conscious humans evolutionarily. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, it reminds me of the lyrics of, um, 
one of my favorite songs, a uh, band, Everything, Everything. They have a song called In Birdsong. And it's about the first moment of human consciousness. Let me let me read you some lyrics. Please and do. They're, they're kind of strange, but it's beautiful. It, feel free to sing them if you wish. No, I think we'll just, uh, yeah, I think we'll just uh, <laughs> listen to the song. He did a much better job than I could. But it, it, he says, um, Jonathan Higgs, who writes the lyrics, he says, Red, the wild, the wild, the wild, crackling, the leaping of white fire, a spider like the dance, shimmering and crawling over me, a puppet man, a zombie, lances from the blackness of my eye. I look into the god mouth, the energy, the energy in us. There's something in the white matter, something in the white matter. I hear song in reverse, bird song, sung in reverse. I hear me sing. A song that I cannot begin to understand, the slaughter in the sky, pulling on the magnet in my mind, the stench of it, the rendering, the energy, the energy of us. There's something in the white matter, something in the white matter. I hear song in reverse, bird song, sung in reverse. I hear me sing. Uh, I can only imagine, and I would like it to be true, even if it's just kind of romanticizing, the first person to break free from the, you know, bicameral mind into consciousness, uh, listening to birdsong and, and having the first thought, which is, why are they singing? I love that. And, uh, maybe I can sing too. And I'm certain, I'm, I'm, I'm hundred percent certain that the first song from humankind was mimicking that of a bird. I love that. And kind of going back to what Fish said about his son, of him singing. I feel like, though, saying that it's pure imitation sounds almost like cheap, you know? Because it's like, and I think at first I would be like, yeah, but he's just imitating. And we're just imitating the birds. But it's like, while that's true, I feel like there's also like, in your words, Caleb, you said, maybe I can do that too. After hearing the bird, and that's like human potential being first imagined and then realized. And maybe that's a little too deep of like, oh, come on, just from singing. It's like, why not? I like I like that idea that singing was like one of our first actions of not only creation, but as a human being. Yeah, if we say it enough, it's true, right? So let's just all agree that that's the first thing that happened. Well, sure, like, we can all three of us just agree that that's it, but I, I feel like there's there can be some power there, too, of, like, you, you said it with, with your son, of, like, his first way of creating is of singing. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Caleb. I, I've heard you talk about Birdsong, and I love that song, too. Um, but I, I never totally understood what what it was getting at um so i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up it's a cool song everyone should check it out if you like weird music <laughs> <laughs> i i would almost i think that's one of their least weird songs yeah they they do some production stuff as it builds that's a uh, pretty you know aggressive or yeah. i think they're evoking the emotion of consciousness coming to life um because along with consciousness came myriad of horrors as well you know war the ability to cut and kill and divide and hurt um so in this same moment of beauty and mimicking birdsong and realizing human potential there was along with it certainly the most destructive force that's ever existed on the planet as well it's uh, both beautiful and horrifying at the same time it's it's quite incredible how the opposite often comes with you know like you think of when you create fire you have the images of finally being able to make food edible and finally being able to see in the dark but then the destruction comes along with it and i feel like it's very easy to focus on that, even though that is a reality. I feel like 
disregarding that is not the option. We need to realize what comes. But it's also a blessing when we think about, but there is good. Yes, there is the opposite, but there is that good that comes with it. Yeah, well, and, for sure. The This is um, Adam and Eve leaving the garden, right? It, you could just stay in the garden forever. It, and if there was no music, if we couldn't sing, uh, according to uh, the birdsong Caleb theory, they would just stay in the garden forever. But uh, once we... I heard that we get consciousness, but we also get the, the, the war and uh, the t- bad parts of human experience that come along with it. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? Would we be happier just listening to birdsong and not trying to mimic it? Hmm. It's a good question. It's fun. Yeah. I no, like- uh, human uh, consciousness is both uh, infinitely small and infinitely large at the same time. You know, in the in the universe, human consciousness is almost meaningless, and yet it's the only thing that we know of that's different than uh, star stuff and dust. You know, are you going all Carl Sagan on us? Yeah, a little Carl Sagan. <laughs> yeah, a little blue dot. Little blue dot. Every every war, I, I should memorize that quote. Every war that has ever been fought, every lover, every uh, ex- human experience happened on this little blue dot. Yeah, that we know of so far, and you know, so that's meaningful. But yeah, music was an interesting thing. I think that you can imagine at some point in human history there was a moment in which someone sang for the first time to others, mm-hmm. right? and there was the first person who uh, felt emotion from that or cried because they heard someone else sing right that that happened at some point right there had to be a first there had to be a first moment in which that happened right and what was that moment it was it was someone saying your uh your voice sounds like how i feel that is so interesting to think that there was a first for that moment and how that impacted so much right and and they had no idea at the time that it would impact so much and for what it is worth, I'm glad that that happened. Like, and I don't know if it's our position to like think about was it worth it or not? Because with the bitter comes the sweet, and with the sweet comes the bitter, and you know. And and how many moments do we have uh, that are equally momentous, but we just don't know it? Mm-hmm. And way down the line, uh, there the large descendants of of ours are doing a bushwhack mm-hmm. talking about the first moment that we blank and we have no concept of what it could be yeah because it just doesn't uh, even register as something that may be important right dang my mind is so blown right now it's like wow so what are your takeaways from this fish <laughs> yeah i don't know is it um, I, I definitely kind of want to sing more actually, you know, I, I may have lost a little bit in not singing and I don't have to sing in public or anything, but I can sing more in the shower, in the car. Um, and the positive psychological benefits of that, I think would be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. How about you, Caleb? What takeaways or insights or was it just babbling from us? But what insights? Oh, I had I had no idea that the this question would lead to such a cool conversation. I really enjoyed talking with you about it and uh, in real time, kind of exploring and having thoughts about how relevant the human voice is and how much it affects all of us. How it's probably a big part of what separates us from the animals yeah. uh, and provides consciousness in a way, the ability to express and hear the expressions that are much deeper than just uh, the cackling of uh, an animal i think is is meaningful i love that and and you jack well i think a big takeaway is i'm going to be a little more conscious when i criticize somebody's voice 
Right. Because I feel like in criticizing how somebody sings in a, ah, it's, it's a bad voice. They should stop singing. At what point am I also telling them just to shut their voice, period? You know? I right. feel like there's, that's the beauty of bushwhacking that I'm glad that Caleb joined us on this because it's, it starts off as a simple question that usually sounds like it's going to be something funny, you know, like, oh, we're going to be listening to Mike Myers all day, you know, Harriet, sweet Harriet. And then it becomes something <laughs> deeper and not, I don't feel like it's so far fetched of like, oh, we really had to dig through the weeds this time. We really had to go through the bushes very deep before we got to this. It's like, no, like, what would happen if we couldn't sing? And sometimes it, this one did sting. I feel like there's a lot of things that really stunk from this bushwhack for sure. But I'm also very glad because now I feel like something so menial or something that I don't even think about. It's like, yeah, I don't like her voice. It's like, I don't necessarily have to like it, but I shouldn't tell her to be quiet. And I shouldn't tell somebody stop singing because it hurts my ears <laughs> if they have something else to say or express to that point you know right. what i mean and now there are definitely some people where it's like you're just seeing for money aren't you you're not expressing anything yeah but at the same time it's like but i want to hear what you have to say before telling somebody to be quiet that's that's one of my takeaways that's awesome uh, i think we're a little bit better people because of this bushwhack for sure. And thank you, Caleb, for joining us. My pleasure. It was a lot, yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you on another time, I'm sure. Sounds good. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Do you have anything you want to uh, plug? <laughs> <laughs> not not really. Um, just uh, be good people. Be good to other people. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, share your message with all of our 15 audience members. <laughs> you know, the think. most courageous souls bushwhacking through life with you guys yep just just be good people awesome thank you so much kayla for joining us and we'll see you next time i'm jack i'm fish i'm caleb and you all have a wonderful day We'd like to take a moment to thank our supporters, Caleb L., Shelby, and Michaela. We couldn't do this without you. You're amazing. And we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for making us feel loved and wanted. We sure do appreciate you. 